Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Welcome to the next episode of Real Talk on Agency Operations. I'm here with Ryan Deeds, and I'm Steve Anderson, and we're glad you're joining us. Hello, Ryan. Howdy, Steve. Glad to be with you. So over the last couple of episodes, we've touched on this topic of culture in an organization. Uh, in the data, the last one, uh, we talked about you need to have the right culture in place before you can have the right data. And as Ryan and I were talking about this, we decided, you know what, we need to delve into that culture a little bit more because it, it is so key to an agency being efficient, profitable, is having the right culture or the right mindset within the organization. And it impacts so many different areas. So I'm going to start out, Ryan, with a, a short story. I was in an agency doing actually an agency productivity audit of oh, probably two or three years ago now. And I don't always know when I come into an agency, when I've been asked to come in, exactly what the problem might be. And so this particular agency, about 60 employees, and, uh, you know, traditional agency management system, a bit unique because they dealt with a, a more agricultural-based type of business. So accord forms weren't quite there, you know, didn't have a lot there. And so going through my questionnaire, my first initial morning review, and uh, president came in of the organization. He wasn't able to sit in the whole time. And as he was leaving to go to another meeting, he said, you know, can you stop by my office when you have a few minutes? And I said, I'd be glad to. So I stopped by his office and came in, and uh, he asked me to shut the door. And so, okay, so I, I decided, okay, that I'm not going to know now why I've been asked to be here. Right. And come to find out that agency had had, in the last 12 months, uh, four E&O incidences, coverage questions and coverage, you know, some, some problems, reportable, and they were working through that. You know, he became very aware that there was a problem, obviously. That's, that's not good. And really what it boiled down to after spending a couple of days there was that their management system didn't have places for data. And so they were creating Excel spreadsheets and, right, other sources. Mechanisms, right. And then putting them all into a proposal, which, you know, you know well, every time you touch a piece of data, the chances of it becoming inaccurate uh, increase significantly. The reason for that story is he was very focused on changing the culture in that organization to a more accountable. And so they actually put in place a very stringent audit process in terms of here's our procedures. Are you following the procedures? What are you doing? And they um, had instituted a monthly and a quarterly uh, literally checked audit and the, he announced it to the whole staff and said, this is what we're doing, and you've got to score at least an 80 out of 100 points on the quarterly and the monthly audit. And if if you don't consistently over a couple of months, then there will be pretty severe consequences. He's telling me this now, and somebody, you know, an employee raised their hand and said, well, what will happen? And he said, you'll be fired. So that's extreme. Right. 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 Absolutely. And I was impressed with, you know, this is important stuff. We have clients we're dealing with. We need to be accurate. We need to do all of this. And staff, you need to follow procedures. That's right. 
And if you can't follow procedures, then this is probably not the right place for you. So I'm not saying that's the culture to build of, you know, necessarily fear, but it is a culture of accountability. That's right. Right. And, and trying to move forward with here's how we do things. And if you can't do them, then this may not be the right place for you. And I think when we talk culture, we're, we're talking engagement, right? The end goal of good culture in an organization is engaged employees. That's the money, so to speak. And so I think that as we're driving to get more efficient through all of these organizations, all businesses, we're realizing that there's so much untapped human capital that we're leaving on the table by not having this this kind of mythical engagement that we're looking for. Because I think when we look at our our six functional areas with communication, specifically engaged employees, you know, if we're talking organizational communication, you can communicate much less, much more effectively with engaged employees than employees that don't care. Right. Well, and I think that is an engaged employees is going to listen to or look for that communication. That's right. They Whereas don't care an what unengaged employees that will just ignore it, it, no matter how often, how much you try and communicate what's what's going on. That's right. And engaged employees will want to know. Right. So I think that that culture is kind of the hook that gets the employee part of part of it gets that employee engaged, right? And I mean that that can be obviously your your end goal is to create that engaged employee so all the different functional areas that that employee touches will be more accurate and better because they care. And one of the largest payoffs I feel like is you have to spend less time worrying about data if you have employees that care and you provided a mechanism to them to be able to correct that stuff. Uh, the, the culture thing, uh, you, you get a lot of eye rolls. You know, it's, it's a hard thing to quantify and personify. It's not like you can walk in and get a culture score of five out of ten and I need to go to eight to get good. You know, mm-hmm. so when you're looking at agencies, how do you how do you help gauge where they are? Or what, what are the indicators that you're kind of looking at? Well, I think there's there are a couple that I look at. One is, uh, and I think I've already mentioned this in a prior episode, but the audit mm-hmm. coming in, right, is a gauge of, okay, what's really going on here in this agency? And there's often a disconnect between what the owners think and what actually is happening All at the day. desktop, yep. right? Yep. And I, I understand that to a certain degree. You know, the owners aren't going to spend the time to actually sit and watch what people do. They would but, be better off for it if they did, though. They, I think they would. They would be better off for it if they did. I, I know owners don't want to get detail-y. I know that they kind of get to their phones the second you start getting granular. But they would be they would be within their advantage to spend a few days a year with the account managers, account managers. Or a couple of days a month. Yeah. You know, right. and just, lit, I mean, again, I always run into this and I can't imagine the owner of the agency you know, but I sit in some, you know, I'll go up to a, a desk, a customer service agent, and I say, uh, and they know I'm there, and they mm-hmm. know I'm going to be mm-hmm. walking around and watching what they do, and and I'll, you know, say I'd like to sit with you for a few minutes, and I'll pull up a chair, and I'll sit behind them, yeah. and then, of course, they can't type for 10 or 15 minutes because they're nervous, nervous, and what is he sure. looking at? And, <laughs> but they they pretty quickly get back into, you know, whatever it is that they're doing, either sure. phone or proposal or endorsements or whatever it is. And the issue for me is it's not seldom is it they're trying to do things badly. That's right. That's right. They're just used to what they've always done or maybe even used to what somebody trained them to do. And so I'm looking for openness, Mm -hmm. right? I'm looking for 
does the organization actually do any auditing? Mm-hmm. Right? Do we, they do they look at files? Do they look at the and again randomly pick ten percent sure. or whatever the process is accounts and is the data in there? Is it accurate? Is is it complete? Uh, what have we determined as our agency standard? Uh, certainly, for many agencies, that goes against a procedure guide, mm-hmm. right? And uh, we may want to talk. We'll we'll do an episode on on all of that because I think there's some uh, miscommunication or misideas there of what that might actually look like. But you know, what is the what is the attitude? And if and if the owner kind of stays out, and a, a lot of times they are coming out of the sales, mm-hmm. so that's their strength, right. no question. And if they're not big enough to pull in a COO who might be more administratively uh, capable or, or uh, uh, willing to work in that area, I think that culture becomes a problem because it's like, well, I, I tell you what, you know, you have your indicators, I have some of mine. When I suggest a change, mm-hmm. and if I get a response back that says, well, Susie will never do that. Yeah. And I'll go, okay, this culture here is Susie's running this agency. That's right. That's right. The owner's not running it. Why do you allow that to take place? Well, she's been here 20 years. She, she's got a lot of experience. She's got, okay, and what are you communicating to everybody else? And what is she costing you by not doing things that are, right. um, that have been demonstrated to be more efficient, more effective, more, oh. right, all of those kinds of things. So I think that's part of that culture mindset Absolutely. also. You know, in that case specifically, I think, the the challenge, like you said, is what are you telling the rest of the staff by leaving that individual in place, right? You cannot profess, let's all get on board, let's all be change positive, and let's all get this done, and allow that to, to be still in your organization. You can still have that in your organization, you just don't want to create a, a cultural mantra that goes against that. And, and I've learned that this year specifically, that sometimes... It helps me to customize my solutions to the the slower to adopt because maybe my clients are going to be slower to adopt and I have a less ability to force them to adopt than I do my staff. For me, one of the questions that I always ask somebody is, do you have an idea on how to make this better? If they do, what's the likelihood that you will see that change occur in the next six months? Mm-hmm. And typically, if they are excited about the change, if they they will think that it's going to change where if they're like well i think we could do this and that and they're kind of down on it they understand that there's probably not a framework in place to bring that idea to fruition i believe you can build engagement and build culture in an organization by taking the ideas from the workers and bringing those to fruition because one of the things that makes an engaged employee's impact they're, they want to have an impact. And if you can have an agile development environment in your organization, it doesn't have to be development. I mean, this could be somebody said, hey, I wish we had an easier way to collect data. Well, maybe that's a form site that you go out to and get and bring it in. But you've just shown them that their words had an impact. They can make a change now that person's more engaged. You know? Yeah, I think that's uh, so key. And again, I've been doing a lot of reading, writing, thinking around this idea of uh, really building an innovation culture. And I'm sort of one of our terms, things that we keep, you know, innovation. Yeah, it's a bit overused. I agree. I think, again, break it down. Like when you look at innovation, my definition of innovation is getting people to do more with less with their own ideas. With their own ideas. Yeah. And that's that's really key. And, And again, back to what you said was, is there any process in place that tells them that's okay, right. 
and encourages them to actually give those ideas. That's right. And are there roadblocks, even if the management thinks that path is clear, is the practical nature of it as clear? Because oftentimes what you'll see is you'll see um, more energetic individuals that come in behind somebody that's more risk adverse and the more risk adverse individual might diminish the enthusiasm of, of the, the newer employee. Well, that's only going to happen for a couple of months. And then that employee is going to stop generating ideas. Right. You know, and again, I think that's where management mindset comes Absolutely. in, in terms of inc- keeping encouraging that. It's like, yeah, it's and like, it's, it's not just, you know, the suggestion box. No. Right. I, I've got to give you this example because it's fresh, a pretty good size insurance organization and they actually created an innovation challenge for their employees mm-hmm. with prize money, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. $25,000. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, so nice. agencies, I know, you but don't have that much. agencies do it on a much smaller level. They could do the same so, thing. So we do that on a small level. And yeah. it doesn't have even, I mean, money can be good, but it could be an extra day off. Uh, it could be tickets I've, and dinner to the movie. It yeah. could be. I find the freedom is going to be, I see agencies do so much and companies do so much to try to get that engagement. And a lot of times a day off. A day off. Oh, yeah. A day off will win you more hearts than five breakfasts. I'm just saying. I mean, and it's commonly looked at as as something that that's, doesn't work very effectively. But that freedom is such a big deal. I think one of the things I've seen is incentivization of knowledge transference between seasoned and unseasoned. Mm. So if you can bake in in the performance review... Part of your performance review is how the person underneath you rates your ability to communicate knowledge down to them. They're a lot more incentivized to do so. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you, you, but again, like you said, you have to bring it out of the esoteric and, and cloud and you have to make it tactical. And how do you actually, you know, move that needle a little bit with those employees? You know, how do you get some meat in the game for them? Because so often it's defensiveness. Right. Right. You've got somebody who's new to the organization that has a bunch of fresh ideas. And then you have somebody that's tried and true. Um, and there's a clash between that. Mm, how do you no make question. that better? You well, know? and and dare I say, sometimes, maybe often, some of that clash is age difference. It, it right? is. So if we look at our you know, average age of employees That's right. in, in our organizations and bringing in some new people who are potentially younger. I think there's some potential clash there. And again, I think it's, you know, back to that management mindset around this idea of experimentation. The phrase I use is innovation requires experimentation. Absolutely. Experimentation requires failure. Yep. Because you experiment to find out what's going to work and not going to work. Well, by its very definition, some things aren't going to work. That's right. What is your employee bonus program for successful failures? Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. So are you encouraging someone to try something? No, it didn't work. And again, you, you try it on a small mm-hmm. level. You're not betting the bank. I mean, one of my favorite stories is Richard Branson, actually. So Virgin Empire. Right. He's often thought of as a a renegade, a risk taker, you know, entrepreneur. He'll try anything. If you really read his background and the the airline Virgin Airways is um, a, a great example of that. He decided to start an airline. He knew nothing about an airline, but he decided, you know, I can do it better. And so he negotiated with Boeing for a 747, their first airplane, but he negotiated a one year lease. 
And at the end of the one year, he could give the plane back hmm. if things weren't working. So the way he phrases it is, I'll take risks, but I'll protect the downside. That's right. It's going to be a controlled risk. Controlled risk. Right. And again, back to that risk aversion idea. In today's world, you have got to be experimenting, trying, testing, seeing what's going to work. And again, the culture in your organization will dictate in a lot of ways the success of any of that. And, I, and right? I think they're interlinked, right? I mean, the more you experiment, the funner your culture is in a lot of cases. Correct. Because a lot of times experimentation is is new ideas. And people, the kind of employees that, that, that we're typically looking for today are folks that are coming in energized and they want to do a good job and they want to be impactful. My younger staff, they're hungry as heck. It, it's, it's a... It's crazy because, you know, you have a person that's been in a position for 18 months saying, okay, what's next? What's next? I'm ready. So I think, again, for culture, you better have a damn – and this is where HR plays in, right? right? HR is a gigantic piece of this today where, again, five years ago, 10 years ago, HR was just a person in a seat that came in, onboarded employees, found some Managed compliance. That's, that's right. right. That's I right. mean, kind of kept us legal. Yeah. And maybe interviewed and That's you know, right. yeah, reviewed a resumes. Few things here or there. Yeah. Today, it's full strategy. I actually believe the largest asset that the entire organization has is HR. Because that is the individual and the department that dictates who's coming into the organization, what kind of blood are we getting, what kind of ideas and minds are we bringing in there. And then they're helping shape the vision on how we keep those guys engaged and in, in what they those gals, you know, excited about working there. And so I always tell, you know, my, my CEO, Cooper, like, look, man, I, I'm, I'm glad that we have the HR person that we do because she keeps bringing in staff that's willing to push the envelope, mm -hmm. right? If we were hiring traditionally risk-averse individuals, we you wouldn't be able to garner as much success. Right, no question. And, and I think maybe a, a, a part of that with your HR staff, you know, and again, some agencies, you know, HR is a part-time something sure. for somebody. Uh, obviously, larger organizations may have a more full-time person. But what's part of that HR person's performance review? That's right. The culture success based on some metrics that we can kind of determine. Why aren't they being held accountable for the type of people that they are sure. hiring and bringing into the organization? Well, and I think that can fit with that, a. That's right. Right. And I think you're you, you, the the folks that I'm working with in HR today, especially the ones that get me jazzed, are the ones looking for those metrics, mm -hmm. right? That are coming to me and saying, "Okay, I want to I want to see what my employee turnover has been over the last." you know, 24 months, and I want to determine, you know, uh, departmentalize that, and let's figure out if I can see when we've put these events in place, if that increases people's excitement, and who's who in our organization is tweeting, and who's talking about us. I mean, the, those the HR folks today have as much challenge, in my opinion, as IT does, trying to keep their heads around all the different options that they're having to deal with because their landscape is moving so quickly as well. And they just have a flood of voices out there telling them what to do. Yeah, and, and there's just this interesting transition going on within agency organizations, and it's generational, mm -hmm. right? So baby boomers, either owners or staff, uh, producers certainly are starting to think about if they haven't already moved into a more of a retirement phase. So we're going to have this big issue of new people coming in, and I don't think we can keep doing same the things the same way we always have 
Because as you said, that some of those younger people are they they want to improve. They're ready yeah. to go. They're, they're coming up with path. ideas. Yeah. And and I think the key here is if that culture's not right, if that mindset isn't there, they're going to go find someplace where it is. That's right. I, absolutely. I, it was kind of cool. Friday, I was sitting in my office, a new producer in our organization said, hey, can we meet at three o'clock to kind of go over technological roadmaps? So sure, come on in. So he comes in and sits down. And he says, you know what? In 12 months, I want to figure out how to take all the technology we have here and marry it to each one of the client's needs that I have. I want to be able to scale my sales. And this is a guy that hasn't sold a lick of insurance. He's in our producer kind of training training program. Right mm-hmm. But he, the, the way that he's talking is the right way. Yeah. You know, that's exciting. He's like, I understand that I have a limited ability to scale myself. So, you know, what should I be doing? And, and that's the kind of employee that you want to bring in. And if I don't help water that plant, right. he will find some other some, place to grow and, all and I, day. So, so culture is internal. You talked about culture being important for data management. Mm-hmm. Who knew? That's right. That's right. I, you I know, mean, but we've talked about culture being important for accountability and getting things done and getting it done correctly. Efficiencies, productivity. You, you Each agency has their own innovation unit in every one of their employees because guaranteed every CSR account manager out there has a task they hate to do. And they've already solved that problem five ways in their brain. If you can figure out how to get that out of their head and get something accomplished, you change that employee. That employee now, man, they love you. They are into you. Right. That's who drives me, right? When I come to my office and go to work in the morning, it's those 20 or 30 or 40, and that number increases as we move forward. Individuals that get so excited about it that come up with new ideas that almost overwhelm you. Like, you're like, oh, my God, we can't act on all we this. We can't. Yeah, we, we've got to pick and choose. That's right. This Which is a great idea. We just have limited resources. That's right. right? That's right. But even acknowledging that they have the idea and, giving and maybe even flow. putting it back to them going, yeah. okay, I have limited resources here, but... Maybe there's some things you can do to help move this forward. And it's like you said, I mean, I think that there's many ways that small agencies, I mean, so um, the agency that I'm with, they have a, they have four contests a year, every quarter, and all the employees are asked to submit ideas about process improvement. Um, we pick two by the end of the year to implement, and they have to come up with a business plan. They have to come up with how it'll move stuff. They, it's a lot of work for mm-hmm. those guys. And then they end up getting a $250 check to them and a $250 check to their charity of choice and then a day off. And that's it. That's that's the deal. But you could recoup a million dollars worth of savings and productivity over a couple of years from implementation of one right. of these. And you get payoff because as soon as Sally sees that you put Mary's product in place and then she made an impact, yeah. Sally's Boom. ideas now just got bigger and better and she wants to see that. Yeah, and that's and that again is just lending itself to building that culture. Constant improvement culture. Constant improvement. That's it. And the way I would phrase it is constant learning. Yep. Right? Because things are changing. That's right. Faster than they ever have. That's right. They're not going to slow down. Yep. So we need to be figuring out how we can help everyone in our organization change or improve their mindset in in that area absolutely and i think you know it's, it's kind of a catch-22 because if you don't have the right people in the agency innovation will fail and if you don't have innovation in the agency you probably won't be able to keep the people that you want to keep so you've got to kind of figure out the right balance and how to do that and there's it's a lot of collaboration i think one of the the 
things that we haven't talked about much at all is the composition of an operations team and how critically important that is. Because if HR and IT aren't working together effectively and they haven't strategized on this together, how does that work? If mm. the COO and the CFO are disconnected from that, how do they help enact that change and push that down? And how do, they, how do you take their ideas to fruition? And so I think another key component to culture is having a non-siloed operations team that can collaborate effectively together, mm. you know? Yep. I think that's that I think that's a great idea. So we've talked a lot about culture, a couple of kind of specific takeaways. Any size agency can create a contest, a a way to bring ideas out of the people that are there to begin building that culture. And that could be as simple as a Google form. Yes, right? it could absolutely. Be a, they could go to Google form today, put up give me your idea, send that link out to all their staff person that has the most impactful idea there you go there you go right. and whatever the roadmap project, yeah and maybe you, you don't want to give money away give an extra give day, day off, off. you know i mean yeah. I, I i do get that tangible tax issue the, the, the tax thing's always crazy with the money but for me and i think that listeners would agree companies do a lot around and around trying to get employee buy-in and a lot of times the employee will just take a day off right, right we want a day give me a day off so i don't have to feel guilty about it well and you know again i'm just brainstorming right now so maybe it's it's recognition yeah absolutely right? internally but maybe even recognition to the carrier rep that comes mm -hmm. in for the meeting that's right you know oh, here's what you know sarah did here sure. in, in our organization and how she's impacted what we're able to do i mean i think there are lots of creative ways uh, that aren't expensive don't take much time but you just spend a little time thinking about what you could do to encourage the mindset that leads people to want to learn mm -hmm. and embrace new stuff and as you said ryan so many people in the organization already have good ideas. That's right. You know, they already know what they would improve. Yeah. Well, figure out a way to extract that out. Put it through a filter, yeah. right? Just don't take it. You got to see what's viable. You got to see what's viable. That's right. Uh, and then uh, implement it from there. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that totally. I think you, you, any agency that does that, if they say, okay, we're going to start 2018, we're going to get a list and we're going to knock out three projects that our staff... By the end of 2018, you would see a different culture. That, that you would see changes that have occurred. It's it's an amazing thing when you can get on a stage and you can point to a staff member in a crowd and say that person changed your deal. Why you're using this today is because that person helped bring that idea in. Because what that does is it incentivizes everybody else around them to, oh, well, shit, I have ideas. I have ideas. Right? I, I, I got ideas. She's not the only one or he's not the That's only right. one. Yeah, I have ideas too. And so it's funny because we started this, you know, with a data management kind of tilt, thinking about how an engaged employee creates better data than an unengaged employee because the unengaged employee is just checking the blocks. Well, you're actually using technology to f to create engagement of the employee and then the employee is leveraging that technology more effectively. That can just be a cyclical thing. Mm -hmm. You know, and I just it's a, it's just an interesting kind of relationship to me. Yeah, very much so. Well, I think that's good for uh, for this episode. Thanks for your thoughts and ideas. Um, listeners, uh, we appreciate you being here. As we always try and remind you, let us know your questions and comments and feedback. We'd love to have it and be able to address those on an upcoming show. So this is Steve Anderson with Brian Deeds, uh, and this has been Real Talk on Agency Operations. Thanks for joining us. This has been another episode of the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds. 
Please send us your questions and comments, and if you like what you hear, leave us a review. This podcast is brought to you by NDO Technologies. NDO provides insurance agents and brokers a fully digital application, renewal, and accord submission process, creating a first-rate client experience. With less time needed to collect, rekey, and process applications, agencies using NDO can deliver more value to their clients. To learn more, go to www.useindio.com.